G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. What a great opportunity to be talking through an issue that is so close to all of our hearts. And particularly today, if you are a business person, uh, the sorts of things we'll talk about will be so important for your business. Uh, We are celebrating the fact that Wes Hone, a regular guest here on 2020 and one of Australia's leading business coaches, and the fact that he is a Christian, he wears that loudly and proudly and sees that as his mission in life, uh, to get alongside people who are in business, and particularly Christian business people. Uh, Wes has a background in business. He has, in fact, uh, raised up built and sold nine companies spanning issues of retail, of business services, software development, trades and licensing. He's documented what he calls uh, uh, proven strategies for business growth and something like 157 of those documented strategies. He has been inspirational in his brand new book called Supernatural Business and it's great to be able to welcome Wes to 2020. Hello Wes, welcome back. Hey, Neil, how are you today? I'm really well, thank you, Wes. And congratulations on such a great book, which is an inspiration for people who are in business. And if you name the name of Christ, you say, I'm a Christian and I'm a business person, this is a book that is going to be so valuable as you start to uh, meld those uh, ideas and those understandings together and say, I'm a Christian and I'm a business person. Those two things go hand in hand. Yeah, and and I hope it is too. I mean, when we first started doing what we're doing now as a training academy for believers, you know, I looked for, I bought every book I could get, you know, both secular and uh, and sacred, if you want, for better words, and I couldn't find anybody that matched them up well. You know, there was very, they were very divided. You could get a lot of lot of wisdom um, from a, a non biblical perspective, and you could get a lot of wisdom um, from a, you know, good honesty, integrity, truth type way but they they're still very divided you've actually got to find a way to put those two together if you're ever going to get it to work and and hopefully that's what we've been able to achieve i like your book you've got a plain front cover and uh, very bold words supernatural business you're not trying to hide the fact here that super and natural go hand in hand Uh, what is the idea of super and natural all right, well, so it comes in two parts for me, um, and we break the word down into super and natural as a divide. The super part, that's God's bit. That, that's the uh, the bit that only he can bring. Um, and, you know, he's very interested in having very successful, very influential Christians in business in Australia. I'm, I'm not saying that everybody has to run billion-dollar corporations because you can be influential and and have a very small business. But he's very interested in having influential and profitable businesses here. So he does his part to get there. But we have to do the natural bit. And the natural bit is um, we've got to have our affairs in order, I guess. Um, you know, We've got to have honesty, truth, and integrity, which Proverbs talks about all the way through. But we've also got to have a commercial idea. Like it's got to be the kind of idea that will work in a marketplace. Um, you know, and people come to me all the time. They go, I'm going to start a new business. 
I say, what is it? They go, I don't know, I'm going to run a T-shirt business. I'm like, have you done any research? You know, like that is a graveyard for, for business ideas, you know. So it's not a commercial idea. And so we've got to bring our part, which is, you know, we, 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 we don't dodge the tax man. We treat everybody well. We're honesty, truth, and integrity. Plus, we've got a really good um, business. Plus, we train ourselves in the things that the Bible doesn't say. For example, the Bible doesn't tell you how to put a Google AdWords campaign together. But you've got to know that stuff. So that's bringing the natural and God brings the super when our natural is in order. Well, I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation today. And uh, you might have a comment. You might have a question. You might like to tell us uh, something about your own business and uh, stir up some conversation here today. The number to call is 1-800-880-876. That's our talkback line. It is open. 1-800-880-876. Talking through issues today of being a Christian business person. Wes, you have spoken to and uh, mentored hundreds of businesses. Uh, there's all sorts of different dimensions in every business. Every business, I guess, is going to be completely different. But there are obviously going to be key things that are in common that uh, we can talk about today uh, on our presentation, talking about your brand new book. But the sorts of things that businesses have in common uh, when you're a Christian business person things that you have to have in place in order to actually be successful. And, of course, we'll talk about that definition too. But to be successful, what sort of keys do you think of, of those things that we ought to have and that we do have in common? Mm. I think there's, there's, there's a lot that you've got to have. You've got to have all your ducks lined up in a row. Um, one of the things that's missing and one of the things that's required is you've actually got to be somewhat competitive in the marketplace. Now, one of God's philosophies is so that all may prosper. So it's not a case of trying to run your competitors out of town. But you've got to have that go-getter attitude and be a Christian at the same time, which a lot of people struggle with. They struggle to have that that nature that wants to actually go and get deals and be profitable and, and strive to make the business profitable in that way. Um, the thing is, when it is like that, life gets a lot easier. You can do more. You can fund your assignment. You know, you can you can enjoy life a little bit more. So, you know, there's that side of things. The other thing is, you know, you've, you've got to train, you've got to study, you've got to learn how to run a business, and it changes all of the time. How to run a business prior to the GFC is very different to how you run a business now. The trust level that you have to build now is, is twice as high as you did five years ago. Um, you know, there are things like social media now, which are, are a phenomenal way to get your message out, but they weren't even around six or seven years ago in mainstream. So if you're still trying to run a business today with the thinking of seven or eight years ago, it won't work. You will end up just treading water at best. Now, when you talk about those things that are not in the Bible, uh, and you know there are biblical principles, and you talked about integrity and honesty and those sorts of things, and sometimes I guess Christian business people feel like, well, they're sort of you know a work in progress getting those things right, but there is a detachment of day-to-day running of their business from their spiritual life. Great to turn up at church on Sunday, worshipping God, perhaps uh, spending some time in prayer. But, hey, when we're back at our business, uh, well, the Bible doesn't tell me how to run my business and whatever it might be, so therefore you're completely detached. But you like to link the spirituality of life to your actual business day-to-day. Yeah, I mean, as I've written in the book, my personal belief is that if you're a full-time Christian, you're in full-time ministry. Like there is no, you know, there's no divide there. And so in essence, I believe that, you know, your business is your pulpit, you know, if you want to use a Christian term. 
and you're and you're in ministry Monday to Saturday. You might go to church on Sunday, but Monday to Saturday is just as vital. And the gift for business is a gift to the marketplace first and foremost. And so, you know, to go and be a light and to be great with people and to go and be an example of Jesus in the marketplace. That's what a gift of business is for. You know, it's also for making money. It's also for funding, you know, a church if you're a part of a local church. But first and foremost, it's a call to the marketplace. And, you know, it looks differently, but but your business is your mission field if you want. You know, that that that's the way I view it. We can't just put church in a Sunday box and treat our business as a commercial entity. The two go hand in hand. But when we do treat them hand in hand, that's when supernatural takes place and, and you start to see things and witness things that don't make sense. And that's the fun part of the journey. Wes, let's talk about what you do right now with your business greenhouse, uh, the book Supernatural Business, uh, going hand in hand with what you're doing with seminars and opportunities for people to link with other Christian business people. Uh, Describe for us the way your uh, ministry, uh, this mission that you have is outworking itself right now. Great. So I don't actually call us a ministry because I find that if I label it that term, then those outside the church don't want to know me. So I'm a little bit covert. We run as a, you know, as a business, but we're, we're a business with the heart of a ministry. That's the way we language what we do. And, and business people normally prosper when they see their business as the funding model for their assignment. So the business is designed to throw off the cash to fund their assignment, whatever that is. And everybody has a different one. Um, but so when that happens, it's really, really exciting. For us, we have paid services that throw off the cash for us to go and do a whole bunch of ministry, for a better word, ideas. And so we travel the country going to business groups and churches, and, uh, and we do it all for free. We pay our own way. We won't take up an offering. Um, we won't accept any money to go and do it. Uh, but we want to go and train and equip these kings to go and be more effective in the marketplace. So it's one, one element of our business is the funding model for us to go all around and do what we do. You know, every year we hold a big event, the Kingdom Business Summit, which is a big two-day training held on the Gold Coast in a luxury hotel every year. Um, well, next year we, we've just taken on the Gold Coast Convention Center, so we're, we've stepped that up. But that's a free event to turn up to. We fund it all, we pay for it all, because we just want to get those people in the door, trained up and more effective in the marketplace. So there are some successes in your former business life that are now funding your opportunity here to be a blessing to uh, business people around the nation. And uh, you're prepared to travel. And just to mention that uh, in earlier occasions, you've made that offer that if people need a mentor, someone to tap them on the shoulder, someone to be an encouragement, that you've been able available to do that free of charge and a lot of our listeners have taken up that opportunity yeah i mean typically i get uh, i get contacted after i'm on air with you neil and people write to me and some of them are just a pure encouragement keep going for jesus some of them are like you know i'm in i'm in trouble and i could do with a chat and i'll just organize a time give them a quick call and and see what we can come up with and uh, and i can't promise that i have all the answers but i might just be um at the very least encouraging but hopefully point them in the right direction with some strategy to be able to move forward When you are a business coach, a Christian business coach, when you're making contact with people, you're building a relationship with them, sometimes business people feel very isolated. Uh, People who are, particularly when they're going through a tough time, they don't always want to share uh, what they're going through, the difficulties that they might be facing, the debt that they might be accumulating, uh, the challenges that they might have with employees. But when there's someone like you, a little bit detached, but they're showing concern, that's a real value for people who are in business. Yeah, and I guess I'm like a doctor. I've seen it all now. You know, like, there's nothing that would, would scare me or put me off, you know, when, when people actually tell me what's really going on. But when we run trainings, um, people, 
will happily share if the environment is a safe environment. And we spend a lot of time making sure that when we bring groups together, that it is a safe environment where people can be very vulnerable and be very real with each other. Because the irony is, is that everybody else in the room completely understands where they're at. So we actually get that buy-in from everybody where they are vulnerable. But certainly um, when people say to me, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my business. It's just like a doctor. It, it really makes no difference to me. It's Neil with you on this Thursday edition of 2020. We are talking business this hour. If you are a business person, uh, if you have a small business, maybe you work from home. Maybe you have a big business and you're taking a break and listening into 2020. Uh, we would love to hear from you, your insights, your wisdom when it comes to business and how you actually meet the challenges. Maybe you'd like to share with us how it is that you combine your Christian faith with the fact that you are a business person. And our special guest this hour, Wes Hone, leading Christian business coach, the author of a brand new book called Supernatural Business. Wes, uh, the book's out, and uh, I know you had a run on copies straight away because you had some seminars, but uh, what sort of response have you been receiving to your book? Well, the first print run has sold out, so uh, we, we've uh, we got delivery of the second one now. So um, I guess that's an indicator that it went well. Um, but pe- what people are telling me is it's the first time they've read a book in kind of layman's terms, you know, because I'm not, I'm certainly not a theologian or a scholar. Um, I'm just a business guy. So I've put it down in the way that I talk, the way I communicate in a very simple way. And um, that's the feedback I'm getting is it's really, it's really easy to use the information in the book. Well, I can attest to that because uh, the book reads the way you talk. And uh, and so it really is simple to read, uh, an enjoyable read, and it overflows with great wisdom as to how you deal with situations that you come up against in business. Let's talk about some scenarios. Uh, supposing that you are a business owner and you have a number of employees, and you're looking to grow your business, you're looking to introduce some changes, uh, but employees are not necessarily always on the same page as you are when you are the business owner. I love the illustration that you use in your book where you refer to employees a little like flowers. What a, what's the similarity there between employees and flowers? Well, my theory is, is that most employees, when you nurture them, will flourish. They, when they're in a place where they're getting watered, they're getting looked after, they tend to grow and become very good. Now, I'm not saying that's every employee, but for the most part, most people will grow uh, in, a, in a good environment. Um, so the way I always look at team members, I mean, they're they're on your team for a reason, and um, they have to buy into the common vision of what you're trying to achieve. But when you cast good quality vision for a team, um, and you make it real for them, and you include them, and enrol them, and inspire them in the journey, they will often join in behind you and and do more than is required to get you and the company towards that vision. But just be prepared that some will fall away over time. That's that's the, that's the idea, is that uh, some will be so for you and be loyal forever. Some will be loyal for a, a period of time, and some will want to go and do something else. So we just have to have a system whereby we're not put out when the people, um, you know, come and then leave. You know, I have people say to me all the time, "I train them and they leave." I say it could be worse. You could not train them and they stay. 
and that would be a, an even bigger tragedy. <laughs> well, we're inviting your input into our conversation today. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six to be a part of our talkback conversation. We're talking with Wes Hone and celebrating the arrival of his new book, Supernatural Business. We're talking to him as a leading Christian business coach. You can be a part of our conversation. one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Let's take a call from Darren in Moran Bar in Queensland. Hello, Darren. Welcome to twenty twenty. Hello. Darren, uh, great to have you along. Uh, what's your comment, or do you have a question? Uh, Wes is listening. Um, my comment was just, um, I heard the topic of discussing business, and it just relates to uh, senior people in Australian business. What I find in my role is some of them are quite old-fashioned uh, in regards to the use of software systems. Uh, and a lot of the young uni grads coming through are quite skilled and uh, what, I'm, what I find is just a bit of polarisation in the Australian business uh, culture between the use of what we can use in, in ERP software systems and, and uh, the use of like older Excel uh, spreadsheet tools. Wes? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great um, distinction that you've made, and it's certainly true. Um, I think there are ways to bridge the gap potentially to try and minimise the disconnect between the two. Um, like, for example, when I work with teams that do this, what I do is I, I, I certainly always want to be using the technology, whatever the latest technology is. If it's valuable, I want to be adopting it. But, for example, what I'd be doing is I'd be getting the, the younger kids, the Gen Ys potentially, to learn how to use it and then create the manual and the systems and the short videos for the baby boomers to be able to – easier for them to use it. So you'd get the young guys who understand it to create the little short tutorials for the ones that are, you know, technology impaired, perhaps. Yeah, okay. Okay, Darren, uh, this is your experience in your business, I guess, uh, just trying to keep ahead of the technology. The technology is changing all the time, and uh, you'd like to see existing, uh, well-established employees able to keep up with it. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I've experienced in some areas has been that the senior, like the CEOs and CFOs of, of businesses, uh, struggle a bit with it. They seem to uh, they seem to rely on like Excel and, and data like that, but when it's presented to them in a live data system, they sort of balk at it a bit, they hesitate, and they're not sure whether they can trust it. However, by forcing the, the groups of people to use fundamentally antiquated systems, they're actually missing a lot of opportunity to be viewing the live data as it's happening and also it's just a, a leveraging factor that, that some of the, the bigger ERP systems can, can benefit uh, you know, the nation as a whole. You get better customer service levels and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, Darren, you're spot on. I mean, I don't know why a CEO would, uh, would be slow to move on things like ERP solutions because they're very smart, they're very good, they've come a long way in a short amount of time. Um, but yeah. some some tend to, and um, you know, it's just typically go with what's safe or go with what we know. Um, but definitely, I mean, you know, one of my clients is a is a software provider, and they come up against that all the time. They've got a much superior product to what they're currently using, and they just uh, they just choose not to. But you know, I guess that's the game of business. Not everybody, um, you know, is the same. Darren from Moran Bar in Queensland, thanks so much for being a part of 2020 today. Uh, when we talk about change in business, uh, CEOs and the way that the 
the landscape of how you do business, the way that information is gathered for business, it is always changing. You've got to keep ahead of it. You're open either to hearing uh, the marketing spiel of a new company or that is trying to sell you some software or some way to upgrade your business, uh, or you're relying on word of mouth. I guess business... Uh, connections uh, and when it comes to uh, the changing technology, having some level of mentorship is an expected uh, valuable thing. That's right. I mean, and you've always got to be, you know, you've you've got to be, I guess, you know, shrewd in a sense where if you're going to take on a new bit of software, you want to know what's the support like, you know, can I access somebody on the phone if it's going wrong? Because there there are plenty of cases where people have done the wrong thing, sold big programs and then, you know, not to be contacted. Um, so whenever you're going to look at change, you want to always make sure that you're minimizing any downside so that there is always somebody there to help you that can handhold you that on the end of a phone and things like that. And and you also want to be checking them out. You know, go online, throw in that company's name into Google and go past page one or two because that will always be the bright, shiny stuff. And you'll find the truth in there somewhere. And, of course, back onto what we've been talking about with employees and the idea of nurturing those employees so that they do flourish within business. You've got this balance between the wise heads on the old shoulders and uh, the need there is to bring in those new, fresh, maybe straight out of uni but very tech-savvy young people who can actually be a a huge boost for business. That's right. And, And my experience, the only way to get everybody on the same page is with good quality vision. You, you can't do it any other way because vision goes past the head and talks to the heart. When there's a bigger reason for turning up to work every day, it doesn't matter what age group you're in, people will buy into that bigger reason. And so that's the way that you unite you know, both young and old or wise and, and fresh in, to go in one accord. So when you're the business owner, Wes, uh, or the CEO, and uh, you know that there are changing technologies on the way, uh, you know that it's beyond you. You just don't understand the way uh, all of those information systems might be working. Uh, What you're saying is you've got to be able to effectively cast the vision in such a way so that the whole of your business is moving along with you. You still have to lead even though you're baffled by the change. That's right. I mean, but you can bring in outside experts now in nearly any area to help you with transition. You know, there's a there's a there's a ton of change management companies. There's a you know, normally every every product you can buy comes with some help now to to roll it out. So so you can get help if you don't understand the, the technical or the mechanics of, of change, but it's still the CEO or the business owner's job to enroll the team into going in one direction. And it, I guess it's hard if, if a business doesn't have a culture of, ex, of uh, embracing the latest technology and embracing change, very hard to change. But it, So I would always be always having a company that has a culture of what's next, where do we go, how do we get better? And if it's continually like that, then when you come up with a new idea or a new software as an example or a new thing, it's not so hard to get it done. So you're in business. You're up against all these challenges. Let me bring you back to another principle out of your book. And uh, you have in your book an illustration of someone saying to you, uh, where do you get wisdom from? And what you're talking about when we have this sort of scenario, uh, the major changes that are happening in the marketplace uh, within business and information systems and things like that, uh, where do you get business from? How do you invite God into the situation if you're talking about issues of wisdom in business? That's a great question, really great question. And and everybody, I think, would probably have a slightly different way of doing that. Um you know, the crux of supernatural business is it's born out of intimacy. 
you can't possibly expect to have um, supernatural increase or supernatural change if you're not intimate with God. Like that—that that is the well. I guess it's the baseline of Christianity, but in business, it has been removed over the years. Um, you know, I understand that business is all about calls and debt collection and accounts receivable and paperwork. I understand, but there needs to be one of the pillars in there needs to be God, and it needs to be quiet time. It needs to be prayer time. It needs to be listening prayer, listening to what He's saying. And because he wants the best for every single one of us, but we have to actually make the room for him in that in that place. So, um, so how do you how do you do that? Well, you do intimacy, but it's got to be quite radical. And you know, you can't build a kingdom business without including the king. So it, it, it can't be five minutes a day throwing some prayers upstairs, dropping the kids at school. It needs to be actually time that is set apart in your diary every day, every week, however you do it, where you actually pray and listen to what he has to say. Let me ask you about perceptions about God, because uh, in this circumstance, when we've got new, developing, changing technology and uh, information systems, uh, the computerized generation, the social media generation, the Internet, uh, that uh, really is the new frontier in business. If I see God as the ancient of days, uh, the one who is... Uh, his representative, uh, God in the flesh, uh, Jesus, was walking the earth 2,000 years ago. I might very easily be led to assume that uh, the God of the Bible actually isn't up with the technology. That would be perhaps a wrong perception because the God who is all-knowing is able to be able to uh, to have his finger on the pulse when it comes to technology. So seeking godly wisdom, even on the latest technology, ought to be something we could take uh, take for granted as Christians. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus said, greater things you will do. And I think he said that because he didn't have Facebook. You know, he didn't have the ability to reach 1.23 billion people at the press of a button. You know, I'm being I'm being a bit jokey, but like, you know, we have to embrace the latest. We do. I mean, uh, not everything we don't have to embrace everything, um, but but there are certain things that are, are are they good and they're smart, and you know I hear people tell me all the time that Facebook is you know the antichrist and they're kind of joking and stuff like that. I, I don't agree. I I think you, it's like anything. You you know a hammer can either build a house or pull one down, and Facebook can either be you know you can either use it for for good or you can use it for bad. It's it's kind of irrelevant in a sense. It's just a platform. So. When these things come along, Jesus is really into them. Jesus is really into using what's available to increase the message. You know, I'll give you another practical example. I currently coach people in Dubai through Skype, which is a free software. Now, I can go and teach Christian business principles in a non-Christian country and not get in trouble because of technology. It's Neil Johnson with you. We're talking business and being a Christian this hour. Leading business coach Wes Hone, our guest. His new book is called Supernatural Business. We're talking about being a Christian and being in business. For some people, that's something of a separation in their life. Uh, but uh, Wes loves to promote the idea that if you're in Christian, if you're in business and you're a Christian, that's all the same. It's uh, that's your mission. That's your ministry. And uh, uh, let me just ask you about. The way that your book is put together, Wes, because uh, let's go through a quick overview. And there's a, a whole bunch of dimensions with your book which uh, link you to all sorts of other information. Tell us about an, a bit of an overview of your book. Well, I've personally read many, many hundreds of books on business and, and people's biographies and wealth creation and all of that. And one of the things that I don't like about books is when they're just a data dump of information. So when I created 
my new book, I thought I'm going to seg- segregate it into areas. So each chapter, it's 12 practical strategies for bigger profits and greater influence. And so I broke them into areas so that each each of the strategies comes with an, uh, an explanation, uh, an image, so that it's very easy to understand um, and how it applies to a business in the current age. And then at the end of that, we actually go into some action steps to do. I mean, we're a training academy, so we like people to take action. That's what we do. So I, there's actually action steps at the end of everyone. Some of them you write in the book. Some of them you actually go away and do. And then after that, there's actually a story from the trenches where I've called on a real-life story from my past, from my clients, and I've put that in there too so that it becomes really relatable for people. And then um, above all of that, there's actually practical business building tools online. So there's a link throughout the book. You go online and you can access um, one of them is my top 50 marketing strategies that any business can do. One of them is some audio on how to find your assignment and so forth. So you can access all of that just by going online, and it's all free once you've bought the book. Okay, well, the book is called Supernatural Business, and uh, Wes's website is called businessgreenhouse.com.au. Uh, the book itself, uh, when you go through those different cha- uh, chapters, uh, you've got the action steps at the end. Some business people will say, you know what, I'm so busy with my business, and uh, if I read this book, I'll feel compelled to take more action steps. I just haven't got time. Uh, depends, I guess, where your business is. But if your business is struggling, you're more likely to try and do something different. But how important is it to actually do those action steps? As a training academy, uh, you want people to actually take action steps to change. I mean, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So I understand that we're all busy and we're all got, you know, 5,000 things to do on our to-do list. But, you know, You've, if you don't have the time right now to spend five minutes reading and doing an exercise, that's the exact reason why you need to spend five minutes doing the exercise so that you can grow your business and leverage yourself out of it, employ other people so that you can buy your time back. Uh, and then you can use that time for whatever you want. It could be to grow the business again or it could be to do you know, some more ministry work or whatever. But, but if, you, if you're really, really time poor, then you do it in small chunks um, and then just do it a little bit by a little bit. And you'll find that as you implement the change, you can buy more of your time back. Let's talk about something practical that listeners can do now uh, before actually getting a hold of the book, before going to the website. Uh, there's one particular section in your book where you say you should write down uh, three sections. One, your beliefs about God, and I think you give some uh, some uh, some lines there where you can, people can just fill in the blanks. You fill in, one, your beliefs about God, then your beliefs about business, and your beliefs about money. Now, you've got this as a practical exercise in the book. What's the value of actually writing down those things, clarifying what you think about these particular three areas? So that particular chapter is one about mindset. Um, you know, Some of them are just practical business training. That one's a mindset chapter. My experience is that most people don't stop and think about their thoughts. They're, they're, it's unconscious, and they, they, and they normally bumble their way through life repeating what they did yesterday. And for something to change, something has to change. So I get them to actually document for the first time in some cases what they actually hold to be true because it's not necessarily right and it's not necessarily wrong. It's just what they've chosen to be true. And so with that, they can actually consciously look at their beliefs and go, well, hang on a minute. They're not serving me with where I want to go. And the purpose is, is to get them down in rapid fire very quickly and the instructions are there in the book 
and then to reflect on them and go, okay, well, hang on a minute. If I've got this belief that I want to run a you know, multi-million dollar corporation and fund all manner of society's issues, but my beliefs around money are it's hard to come by, it makes the world go round, you know, the, the rich get richer and the poor get poor and the rest go shopping. If they're the kind of beliefs that we've got around money, but we want this outcome, well, a house divided itself cannot stand. So it's about looking at it and consciously thinking, okay, what are the beliefs that I hold around money, around business, um, and then are they serving me with where I want to go? And it's like a self-audit process that people can do right there, you know, over a cup of tea and really start to – and they're consciously thinking about what they're thinking about. So if you can write those things down, your beliefs about God, your beliefs about business, your beliefs about money, then you can have a, a movement forward. You can have a positive sense about God being involved in your business. Uh, what is the the opposite? What's the alternative? Of course, uh, uh, leaving God out of your business, uh, having beliefs about your business which are completely ungodly, or having beliefs about money which are completely ungodly. What is the likely outcome? Well, I mean, God's really wonderful, and so he doesn't butt in where he's not welcome. So if somebody chose to run their business in that way, you know, my, my God is Sunday at church, and the rest of the time is for me to grow a business in any which way that I feel. If that's the case, that's the case. That's fine. God's, he wants to be in there, but he won't butt in. The problem is, is that for a Christian who operates that way, they may have a level of success in one of the five areas of success, which is finance, but they're going to be unfulfilled. Because if, if that's the way you choose to operate and you separate your faith from your business, no matter what level of financial success you have, inside will always be unfulfilling. And you will end up creating a lot of money, but be completely unfulfilled. Let's move on to some other areas here. Uh, when you are talking about uh, biblical characters, uh, you talk about Joshua, uh, Joshua leading the children of Israel into the promised land. You also talk about David as a character, and you, you bring out some really rich uh, points about these guys. Uh, how important is it to look at those biblical characters and glean from their successes and from their mistakes when it comes to in, in, applying those things to our businesses. Well, I think that's one of the beauties of the Bible is that we have role models that we can learn from, some good stuff, some not so good stuff that we can learn from. And, you know, what I love most about David was um, the, his ability to what I call he, he had personality flexibility and, and he changed his language according to the people that he was in front of. And so when he, he was kind of joking and jovial with his brothers, but he revered, you know, the king and, and so forth, as he went through his life, he changed the way he communicated. And so that's, that's something that we can learn, you know, and he knew when to be covert and when to be overt, when to preach about God and when just to be an example of, you know, of a good godly man. So, so he's a classic example of somebody we can learn from, but we can learn from Esther, we can learn from, you know, the Apostle Paul, we can learn from Jesus. You know, you, you, as you read these people, and one of the things that I do, because business is so important to me, I read the Bible almost through a lens of business and leadership. So I pick up all these little distinctions as I go through. And I, the, every single one, even some of the worst people in the Bible, I can, you can pick up things about how not to do things and apply them to business today. Interestingly, uh, we're running a little shorter time, but uh, I wanted to bring out something else that is something different about your book, which uh, is very interesting. And that is that you've got a business book, Supernatural Business, and it contains a salvation prayer. Uh, now, this is an interesting aspect because I suspect what you're wanting to do is to say, well, uh, if you're a Christian and you're in business... Uh, and you'd like to use this as a evangelism tool, you can pass this out to people who you also know who are in business so that they can glean from the wisdom in there but also have an opportunity to meet 
Jesus. Yeah, and my thinking behind it is is just allowing some room in the book for God to do his work. Um, you know, he'll obviously talk to the heart of everybody that reads it, but there just might be a prompting for somebody to pick it up one day. You know, you never know. It might be left in a doctor's place one day. Somebody picks it up and right there and then in that moment, they might just flick to the salvation prayer. And if that's the case, I'll be very, very happy. Okay, uh, you uh, probably won't be able to get through on our talkback line now. Just uh, just to pick up on a couple of things uh, that I gleaned from your book, uh, Wes. The idea of when you are in business, the way you treat your customers, uh, all very much a powerful effect when you are a Christian business person who wants to apply godly wisdom to your business. All of a sudden, your customers become very important people. Well, obviously, there's a commercial side to looking after your customer. But um, I language it like this, that the, the currency of the kingdom is people. It doesn't matter how much money you've got, cars, houses, property. I mean, they're all good things, but the currency of the kingdom is people. And so if we're not treating people like we would treat Jesus in our business, then I think we're doing something wrong. So we've got to go over and above. And, it, and if you would treat Jesus in your business better than your current customers, then my belief is you should treat your current customers to that higher standard. It, a, it's good for business, and B, it's good for giving people an experience of the kingdom and not necessarily preaching to them. And where the rubber hits the road, you like to say to uh, people who are reading your book and to people in your seminars, you need to create wow moments. And it's wow moments for your customers that make your business stand out beyond any others. Yeah, I mean, I, I always have my clients, I, I pull their business apart when I start working with them. I look at the timeline of events between a prospect inquiring and then delivering the product and all the steps in between. And I say, okay, we've got to put one moment, we've got to start with one moment in there that absolutely blows them away, that does something far bigger and far better than everybody else in your industry. And it doesn't take much. And then we systemize it so that it happens every single time. And then once we've done one, we come up with two, maybe three during that process to make them feel absolutely wonderful. So much to get through. Uh, let me hit you with a couple more, and we haven't have t- got time to uh, to get into depth in these. But you talk about stickability. Uh, you know, things uh, when things aren't going well, you need to have a stickability about you. You also get into when is enough enough? Very quickly, uh, there is a sense, isn't there, in which some people do very well in business uh, and maybe don't know when to stop. Yeah, I, I think. Um you know, it's one of those, the topic is written so that you actually think about it yourself because there is no hard and fast rules. You know, there are, I, I hear people that aspire to be a millionaire. I hear people that aspire to be a billionaire. My whole thing is just just work out when is enough enough for you so that your overflow can start to fund all, all manner of society's issues. Okay, let's talk about your website, Business Greenhouse. There's a connection there. The sorts of things you talk about in your book, people can go and get further resources on your website. They can also go to your website to get a hold of your book. You can order your book uh, through businessgreenhouse.com.au. Easy to order. How much does it cost? Yeah, the book is $30 with a little bit of shipping on top. And so you literally just go on, click the big image, pop your details in, and, uh, and it'll direct you to a little payment gateway. And um, and then make sure when you buy the book that you go online and access the additional free resources that are for you. That way you get you know, a bigger bang for your buck. Okay, if you're a Christian and you are in business, you might like to get a hold of Supernatural Business. The author is Wes Hone, leading Christian business coach, been our guest many times on 2020. And Wes, uh, always a pleasure talking. Thanks so much for being with us again today here on 2020. Thanks, Neil. 
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.